begins, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast, where we talk all about them Pittsburgh Pirates and that. Today's February 20th. Spring training's not going to start until March 5th or later. The owners and players uh, met on Thursday for about 15 minutes to try to work something out. Turns out that wasn't long enough to get a deal done. So here we are. We're going to break down our thoughts on this whole process and why we're frustrated with the owners, why we're frustrated with the players. And later on, we're going to get into whether we think baseball's dead or dying. Let's talk Bucks baseball. My name is Josh, and I'm excited to say that I'm joined by my brother, Jake. What's up, Jake? How are we doing, Josh? So a little bit of back to reality here. You know, I got to escape down to Florida for a few days. It was fun. It was, it was great. Coming back to work, it was a busy week. Uh, yeah, we, we talked about it a little bit before we started here. As soon as you're gone for some time, dude, it just sucks trying to get caught up. Yeah, definitely. And I had know a, that. There was a one of the ladies at work, like she covered my butt a lot, and you know she she did a lot of the stuff for me. But it's still like you know you're getting all these emails. It might already be done, but you got to read through them and figure out what she said to what you know the customers yeah. saying all that stuff. I do sales stuff for anybody who doesn't know. Um, and then you got to file it into the right files and then that takes time. And on top of that, you got new ones coming in. It's just, yeah, it's just a hole. And then it lasts all week. Yeah. Dude, we have so much to get into. Last week was a lot of fun. I know that you got to hear, uh, some of it. We went a little long, uh, Mm -hmm. with, with the coach, coach Nolan. If you, uh, if you like stories and you like to hear about, uh, Actually, there's more than just baseball stories a, a little bit too, but it's a long one, but it is it is worth a listen. I mean, the guy just knows everyone. It feels like that's what Jake said right. before. It's just like he's telling stories about being next door neighbors with Albert Bell. And um, and there's so many more that we talked about when we weren't recording that, uh, man, he's just a lot of fun. Uh, great dude. But we had a lot of fun mm-hmm. last week without Jake here, but excited to have Jake back. And, uh, man, we've got a lot to get into and let's just dive right into this CBA stuff, man, because this has been, this is the big thing. Uh, spring training officially delayed. Not that this is a surprise to us right? by any stretch of the imagination, but we're getting to the point where it's starting to, uh, it's starting to get annoying for everyone. Uh, mainly the fans, I think. Sure, they're dealing with what they're dealing with, but they've been frustrated the whole time. And we've been uh, just kind of frustrated, but now it's like even the diehards like us were frustrated too. Yeah. So we're going to talk a little bit about all these things. Why we're frustrated, who we're mad at, if we're going to be, if we're saying we're mad at somebody, all of those things. Uh, Man, Another meeting took place Thursday, lasted 15 minutes, and then they're out of there. I just don't understand why there's no dialogue happening. 15 minutes isn't long yeah. enough to even have a conversation. No. You came to the table. It's like me and you were arguing. You came to the table about where we were going to come to lunch, go to lunch, and you said, you know what? I know that you said Arby's, but I don't want a sandwich. <laughs> Is that it? Yeah, I don't, I don't want right. a sandwich. And then I was like, all right, whatever. And it's like, what? There's all these things that you need to talk about. You came back with one. I mean, it was probably more than one thing, but basically you came. Sure. And I'm saying 
Yeah, but you didn't address what part of town we were going to. You didn't address what day we were going there. You didn't address all these other things that I asked you about. The only thing you said is I don't want a sandwich. So you're not being helpful. Let's talk about all of them. Let's find out the ones that we agree with the ones. 15 minutes. Yeah, that's, 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 for lack of a better word, that's asinine. (laughs) Dude, we are, uh, they're supposed to meet every single day this week. So we'll see how that goes. Um, Yeah. But at this point, it's it's the fans' reaction to all this that I'm the most interested in. And we've addressed this before on the pod. Sometimes the truth doesn't matter as much as what the fans think, even if they're wrong. Yeah. You need to address what they think and what they're saying. Mm-hmm. Because we, as fans, we don't know what's going on in that room. Yeah, no, no clue. So of our little information, we're saying all these things that we're saying and you have no, like, you have to know what we're saying. You've got to be able to read that and say, hey, these are the concerns of the fans and we need to be considering those concerns as well. But we're going to get into a lot of this because I know that, um, man, we've been... uh, you know, anytime that you say, hey, I'm going to talk into a microphone and let other people listen to it, you're going to be criticized in one way Absolutely. or another. We talk about baseball and we get called old school. We talk about CBA and we get called new school. So, I, Like you can't, you know what I mean? Like this is just the mm-hmm. way things go. Oh, you're just, you're a player's guy and you know what I mean? So you just, that's, that's the new generation. And I'm like, eh. We're typically yeah, pretty old school about it. things. Yeah. We're typically, you know what I mean? And it's, and I want to say like, dude, I'm, you know, I'm not young. Now I'm certainly not over 50, but you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I'm, I'm right. getting close to 40. And so like, I'm not, I'm not old, but I'm not young. Of course, 50 not old either, but uh, you're, nice well, you're welcome to everybody who <laughs> is 50, by the way. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't even walk into that. I just, I just wanted to throw that in there. For yeah. all you guys who are 50, you're still not old. But no. anyway, um, so we're going to start with that. We're going to start with that clarification because I know you and I are both uh, pretty close to the like to where we're at in all these things as far as um, calling it how we see it. Yeah. Some days we're mad at Manfred. Some days the owners. Some days Tony Clark. Most days Scott Boris. <laughs> some days the players and some yeah. days the media, right? Mm-hmm. So the most days were really the owners and Scott Morris, who are on opposite <laughs> sides of this, but they're the same thing, right? Right. They're called the problem. Um, I've been pretty outspoken that the players should be getting paid. I think you're right there with me. Yep. I believe that. I believe they're the product. They're the ones with the special skill that you and I do not have. Correct. The child's game rhetoric is garbage to me. If 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 you and I had this this skill set that they do, we'd be playing baseball too. Mm-hmm. But we don't. There was a point in time in our lives, in our baseball lives, or just life in general, when we figured out we weren't good enough. Mm-hmm. And if you're out there saying no, I decided that I wanted to grow up and get a job to feed my family. Let me tell you something. You weren't good enough because if you were, you would have considered the opportunity to feed your family while doing something you love. Truth. It's facts. 
being on the player's side does not mean agreeing with all of their points. Max Scherzer interchangeably with Scott Boris. <laughs> what I say like puppet. puppet. Yeah. Uh, they're not on the same page as us for sure. No. But let's get into our first kind of big topic here. The rich getting richer or whatever you want to say. <laughs> uh, but Juan Soto's contract offer is making the news right now and it's fueling fans away from that player's side. Mm-hmm. Because they can't believe that he would turn down $350 million. It was a 13-year deal, $350 million. Um, his numbers are ridiculous. Oh, yeah. Is he the best hitter in baseball to, to you? To me? Uh, arguably. I'm going to say arguably, I'm, yeah. Let's say hitter. Just pure hitter. Stopping it, hitter. I'm not talking about anything else. No, yeah, no, I got you. I got you. No, yeah, I, and I, arguably, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say arguably, yeah. Is he the best left-handed hitter? Off the top of my head, I'm gonna go, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say yes. I'm gonna say almost like a unanimous decision. If you were to ask around people that watch the game, because the other guy's Mike Trout. Mm-hmm. Otani's great. He's not the best hitter. There's probably, I mean, I would put Freddie Freeman above him, in my opinion. I know that there's other things, but total package yeah. hitter. Excuse me. Total package hitter. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's other guys, too. And and some of those guys are interchangeably depending on what you value more than others. Mm-hmm. But I think Juan Soto pretty much has that. All I'm saying is he's there, right? Yeah. He's probably top three, top five player in baseball right now. He's, a, he's 23 years old. Mm-hmm. He's got over 2,000 at-bats at 23 years old. 13-year contract takes him to age 36. Probably a lifetime contract, you could you could say. I mean, there might be a few years yeah. after that. You don't really know like what happens in his career and how he ages and all that stuff. It would slot him just under $27 million annual value. Average annual value. 27. Well, that still yeah. sounds like a lot of money. But there are other guys making more than that who are not as good as him. Right. So that's an undervalue right out of the bat. I understand three hundred fifty million sounds like a lot of money, but if it you does, ignore right? the thirteen yeah. years, yeah, when you and you you break it up amongst those thirteen years, it's you know. And maybe under, there was something. That maybe there was during his arbitration years, it was a lot less, and then after that, sure. maybe he hits up to thirty-five million a year. So you don't, we don't know that kind of stuff. And maybe there was some yeah. of that in there. And if so, I could give you a little bit of pass, uh, just for the record, though, because I know that you have another, uh, you have another point that you brought up when we were talking before. Um, but if this were me. I'd take the money. <laughs> I would, take it and run. I would take the money because I would hope that that would mean if I take less, you'd be able to build around me. But that's yeah. me. And that's my right. And this is also his right. What was the thing that you said that we were talking about before? Well, I mean, you 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 sign a 13-year contract for X amount of dollars. I don't care what that dollar is. The dollar in thir- the one dollar bill in thirteen years is going to be worth more, less, whatever. Oh, it's going to so be worth this, less. Absolutely. I, you might see dollar bills not even exist in thirteen. <laughs> I mean, you're not. You're not. But you know what I'm saying. Coins might not exist. Not a financial pod. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, anyway. but you're right. Twenty-seven million dollars today. 
yeah. is a lot more valuable than it's going to be in 13 years. You don't know what the contracts are going to be in 13 years. So yes, you're undervaluing yourself a lot. Yeah, I mean, this you're, guy you're, 20, is, you're 23 years old. What what do we what do we say the the prime of your career is? Uh, for him, <laughs> it's right now. No, but I'm saying but yeah. I'm saying in general. I think you know, it's changed a little. You're bit. You're talking we, 25 to to 27, 28, and you're. Uh, pretty I would much say in your 25 prime. to 30 for the for the 20, stars. Okay, so we'll go 25 to 30. He's not even at his prime yet. He, but he is, I understand. But he is. I understand what but you're saying. Is. Everybody's different. When you talk about average, it used to be, they would say your prime would be from about 26 to 32, somewhere in that range. Right. That's what mm -hmm. they would say. So guys like Brian Reynolds, you know what I'm saying? Like he reached his prime right there around that age, but, 25, but All I'm saying, all I'm saying is he could still even get better. Yeah, he could. I find it very hard to believe, but <laughs> Right. But you're but you're hundred percent right. He's at least not gonna depreciate for quite a while. Right. Skill like that. I mean, these guys they're superstars. And we're not we're not sitting here saying their stats aren't gonna fluctuate because they are. You're gonna have good years, you're gonna have bad years. You're gonna have good years, you're gonna have bad years. You're gonna put the ball in play and get out and you're gonna you know, all that stuff comes into play. But as far as an just a pure hitter and player, this dude Yeah. I mean <laughs> So what we're saying is He's got every right to, yeah. he's got every right to do that. He knows, excuse me, he knows that the revenue keeps climbing mm -hmm. because of the luxury cap. Go ahead and keep track how many times we say the word cap tonight. Um, <laughs> teams aren't spending anymore. So I can't blame him for not waiting to see what's next, uh, especially like yeah. CBA kind of stuff. You know what I mean? But if another team can get him to 35 and still put a winning team on the field, you'd be stupid to accept less. Right. If you're saying, now I understand that limits you to a few teams that yeah, are available. That, so your market's not going to be, you know what I mean? Maybe Washington will still be involved. Other than that, I mean, you're basically looking at the two teams in New York, one of them in LA, Philadelphia, mm -hmm. maybe Chicago, if they're ready to win. They've got mm -hmm. the money. They just have to be ready to win. That's about it. And then you're saying, like, one of these teams are going to sign me. Probably nobody else. Boston can get involved, but they usually don't. Right. Not once it gets that big of a deal. Although, right. man, it'd be fun to watch him there, too. But, but man, I, I you know what I'm saying? Like, you do limit where it's at. But at the same yeah. time, he has the right to do that. And if And those teams have the ability to sign me for $35 million and still sign other players. Right. But if this CBA fundamentally changes things, and he knew this was coming. Yeah. I think anybody signing a deal right before this negotiation, and they, that's why... It, they, they took a risk. Seeger and them guys took a risk. Yeah, they did. Now, and, I mean, I mean, you, could say, you could say they took a risk. It was a pretty comfy risk. I mean, they still made right. a lot of money. Absolutely. But, you know, I mean, I guess I, guess I shouldn't say signing a contract. Signing an extension... Before the CBA would would be more on the risk side. That yeah, that's fair. fair. Like, I mean, uh, if yeah, you're a free I mean, agent, you're going to sign because you don't know how long this is going to yes. last, and you don't know you want to you want to be on a team. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, yeah, the other piece of this is that um, is this is kind of a risk too because if he if he blows out both knees before he gets the free agency, this is dramatically going to change. But that's his option, right? Let that be his mistake. 
Uh, the I guy's just, pretty I, confident. I think, he's, you know, he he's taking a risk, but he's more or less saying like, "I believe in me." Yeah, I I think I think what I, I shouldn't say scared him away, but one of the things that I mean that thirteen year contract is just that's that's a big number. If you like where you're at, dude, it's such a a sacred thing to play for a team. I mean, I never thought there would be this much discussion about Freddie Freeman playing anywhere else. Right. So I think it's a sacred thing. And if you could do that for a city, I mean, you're just enshrined forever. Like mm-hmm. Derek Jeter is in New York. A lot of, uh, not a lot of it. He's earned a lot of his accolades, but there's a hefty part of that that is special because he did it all there. Now, yeah. granted you come up into that system, you've got a pretty good opportunity right? That more than you do in other ones. But anyway, sure. uh, it's his right to seek out employment elsewhere if that's there. You, you're not obligated to do that. It just would be nice to do it. Um, and guys, these contracts, these big ones, they're going to continue to happen. The top 5% of the league is going to continue to be quote-unquote overpaid because the money is available and that's how you lock up a guy like that. You have to overpay in order to win, whether that's before he gets the free agency or at free agency. You will pay more to get a guy as soon as somebody else is willing to pay more. You will right. overpay, overvalue, but the difference is, is you got him instead of that guy. Right. So, yes, there are, I do Which, believe there is overpaying happening, but it's, it's for market, and that's the point. <laughs> that's yeah. the point. But let's go ahead and get back to the main point, if you don't mind, if, if, unless you had something. Oh, to... yeah, you're good. You're okay, good. okay. The problem with the narrative of Boris and Scherzer, you could just say Boris, right, um, that I can't stand that they're pushing is that the teams that are currently, that they say teams are, are currently being penalized for spending money and the teams who aren't spending money should be penalized. So this is a problem I have. Big time with this. Mm-hmm. I don't believe teams are being penalized for spending money. They're, they're paying into a tax for competitive balance purposes. You want competitive balance. Yeah. So the tax is helping competitive balance. They do have a point about teams not spending money. They do have a point there. There are teams that aren't spending money that should be. And we're right. fans of one of them. Right. However, you can't penalize them or else they're going to spend less. That's right. the opposite of how you fix things. Yeah. I, I get what they say about being penalized. Like, because, oh, because we're spending money, we got to pay extra tax. You got to pay extra taxes. Ooh. And if you're over the threshold I, for so long, you lose a draft pick. Okay, get rid of that. Yeah, get rid of that. Let them have their draft picks. Yeah, because as, as a Pirates fan, as a small market fan, we want them to spend that money so that we get a kickback. That's right. So let's not. The more know, they go over that threshold, the more they go over that tax threshold, <laughs> the more money we get. We get that's right. revenue. Now, the thing is, is we have to be willing to spend it. The the right. thing isn't don't penalize those teams. You can't take draft picks and take money away from those teams. Instead, put more restrictions on what they can spend it on. I've said that before. We've, I'm not going to yeah, go we've down said that. This, yeah, you, we've said this a hundred times, and it's it's. But I, I, until they're we, talking about it, it doesn't matter. It, right, you're right. Who who are we going to get to? Yeah. Yeah. And there is some talk about that, but it's, um, you know, obviously it's, it's nothing that that we've brought up or or whatever, but anyway, um, if they got their way, which they won't, 
Mm-hmm. That that narrative right there will not happen because the owners are not going to budge on shared revenue and CBT stuff. I mean, there will be changes in numbers, but sure. they like shared revenue for competitive balance purposes. It should work as competitive balancing if the teams that are getting that shared revenue would actually spend it. Um, but anyway, the lower revenue teams would have less money coming in if they got their way. Uh, they'd be forced to spend more money that they don't have. So they're bringing in less. They're forced to spend more, even though they probably could do that. That's not the point. It's still backwards. Um, this is exactly what we'd be afraid of. The only logical thing to happen at that point is if it happens for long terms is that there will be no more teams in those markets. Right. Those low revenue cities, Pirates, Marlins, A's, Royals, and Orioles, who I think are the bottom of those, uh, of course it's estimated revenues, They'll see less revenue coming in. And as a business, you need more revenue in order to raise payroll. They're not going to get it anyway. So I don't want to spend too much time on it because they're not going to budge on that kind of stuff. No. Right now, the teams who spend more should keep spending more. Like you said, that brings more money to us. Right. Uh, So that's what we're hoping for. Dodgers, keep it going. Um, but this moves us into something that I thought was really interesting because we've part of what we've talked about and what we just brought up, Jeff Passan reported this week that the owners in one of their, uh, in one of their proposals actually offered a floor of a hundred million dollars. Could you imagine the pirates spending a hundred million dollars every single year? That's where they were when they were in the playoffs. Now money's changed. It's, you know what I mean? A hundred million dollars. That. I mean, that's not that long ago, but anyway, no. this was early. This was early on, but what they did was they paired the $100 million floor with a $180 million CBT threshold cap <laughs> <laughs> in which overages uh, would have subsidized lower revenue teams. So the idea is that in order to, to do a $100 million floor, they had to lower that threshold so that more taxes would be paid by the teams over it to actually fund the, the small market teams to get to $100 million. Right. So obviously the players said that trade-off is not worth it. They're trying right. to get that tax threshold to $250 million. And if the league is saying, like, listen, we're gonna this is competitive balance. This is what we want. So let's essentially... That's like an $80 million difference. And that's a very tight, I mean, that's a salary cap. Yeah. Uh, you know, without, it's a soft one, but sure. essentially what it is. And the players are like, we just, we just can't do it. This point needs to be brought up again. Change the numbers. Right. Bump it up to two. I mean, they're at 210 last year. Is that what we said? Yeah. 210 last year, bump it up to 215 and it's going to keep growing. Change the floor to 80 million. Mm-hmm. Because if because the only reason I say to lower it is because if you think that you needed it to be 180 in order to fund 100, then raise that, lower that. I'd still love 80 million. Yeah, to be a floor. We're still only half of that. Right. Double our well, payroll was, in Pittsburgh. Yeah, we were we were like 40, 40, 30 maybe. I don't know. Like Jeez, somewhere Jeez. around there, double it. That yeah. would be awesome. Absolutely. The players turned it down because they didn't think it was worth it. Like I said. Um, they want the threshold. I think they're right now. They're like they started if at like two fifty or two sixty. I think right now they're at like two forty five in their things. Um, but there has to be a way to continue down this path. And whether you want to admit it or not, and we said we were going to say this this word a lot. And this is where we bring it up. Luxury tax threshold is a cap, 
And I know that we yeah, say it's, it's not. It's a soft one, but it's, it's a cat. Yeah, and I know that we say it's not, but teams treat it that way. As soon as, as you have teams saying, we want to be under that. That's it. It's cap. And that's as intended. The owners knew what they were doing when they put this in place. Yeah. Because when competitive balance was put in place, it was a two-part solution for the owners. First part is, and, and we just we just watched it happen, and some of us knew, and I don't think I, rem- I was not paying attention to that stuff, but owners will try their best to be under the cap, under the threshold, mm-hmm. and use that as a crutch or a reason not to spend more money. Because if they're under the cap, they get a piece of the pie from the teams who go over. Or they, right. they risk losing a draft pick, which they say, like, I'm not losing a draft pick, I'm under this year. So you're telling me that we're, we're not as good this year because you don't want to lose a draft pick. We could have pushed and got another player and gone over and just paid a tax in order to win a ring, but instead you wanted to stay under. Just to keep a draft pick? No, that doesn't make sense until you look at revenue versus spending. Mm-hmm. Now it makes sense. You got a reason to spend less. That's what they wanted the whole time. Revenue was increasing. Players' salaries were going down. That's what they wanted. Now revenue's fourth. We're going to get into that later. <laughs> Just in a little bit. In a little bit. Yeah. Because, because we want to stay with this. Scherzer even admitted this was a recent thing in an interview. He admitted teams are no longer willing to pay for what you've done in the past contracts. You remember the Albert Pujols mm-hmm. deal? He got yeah. paid for what he did in St. Louis. And they said, a lot. they're like, we're sure he's going to give us this for like three years, which he was pretty good for three years. And then the rest of the contract, he was okay. And mm-hmm. then he was bad. And then the idea is like, oh, there's a lot of regret there. Well, the only reason there's regret there is because they didn't win. Had they won one World Series, I guarantee you Angels owners would have said that was worth it. Yep. If he was a big part of it. And obviously. um, But the thing is, is this is true. They're not doing that anymore because of contracts like that. You could even say Miguel Cabrera, who gave them several years of a really good, like that was a big money contract and he was really good for some of that. But then the injuries have piled up. I would still mm-hmm. say that there's no regret for that contract. No. They they got some years out of him. It hasn't crutched them. Detroit's got money, and they've shown. Yeah, that. I mean, he what he won a triple crown lot under that yeah, contract. Yeah, I mean, I'm just yeah. He's they got a lot out of that, but mm-hmm. either way, they didn't get a ring. No. So anyway, um, it's probably fair. This is when it makes the most sense that players recognize that since. This is true, then we need to get younger pair, players paid more. And this is the big thing that I think the players will not give up on and they shouldn't give up on. They're going to lose some of this stuff about competitive balance and shared revenue. They're, they're not going to end up getting this in the deal. The owners aren't going to change that. That stuff's all there right. for a reason. Right. What is going to change is these younger players getting paid more. And this has been the thing that you and I have been very vocal about that the lower-end guys, the guys who are just coming in the league, need to get paid better. And yeah. I think the owners have no problem with this. The only reason they're holding out on this is because they're better at this game than the players are. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the owners are businessmen. That's right. They'll give up. They're going to give up on paying le- younger players better. They will do it. Mm-hmm. 
but they're going to wait until the players are willing to give up on this other stuff. They're not going to do it now. They have to wait until until they can say, all right, we'll compromise here, but not there, right? Yeah. When when it comes time to start moving things, you're going to see minimum, minimum salaries go up. Uh, they should go up to a million. I don't know if they'll go that high. In my opinion, minimum salary should be a million dollars. I don't know if it'll go that high, but the league has no problem paying younger players a million rather than 600,000 because guess what? That's a 400,000 difference. In some of these other things, it's a lot more than $400,000 a player. Right. So, yeah, they don't have a problem with that. If it keeps them from increasing the luxury cap to 250 million, that's how they'll get it done. Mhm. But and you could say like the and you know, I wanted to bring this up and I don't think it's in my notes here. But they had a um, they had offered an increase already, and the yeah. problem was is they offered it, and I forget what the numbers are right now, but I think it was like six fifteen, and then it went up to. Um, I thought they were up to seven something. Yeah, the third year the minimum went up to seven seventy five or something like that. So it was like six fifteen mm-hmm. seven hundred seven seventy five, and here's the crazy thing that I never thought of: what they did right now. There's a minimum salary. There's only one, but what the owners proposed was three salaries per year. So they already had a salary per year. Here's the difference. Chris Bryant in his second year won MVP, or his first year won MVP, whatever it was. And do you know what the Cubs did? They rewarded him by saying, hey, you did all of that. Here's a million dollars. They could have just re-signed him at the league minimum. They could have just gave him a 10% increase. But instead, they rewarded him with a million. And then Ian Happ, and I heard this from the mouth of Ian Happ on his, on his podcast that he does with John Boy Media. He said it was a year or two later, whenever it was. Chris Bryant hit 27 home runs that year and played almost the full season, right? I mean, that's highly, mm-hmm. we know when he came up, that's been right. highly talked about. Right. Ian Happ only had like 350 at bats and hit 24 home runs the year he came up, right? And they didn't let him play in the postseason. And the next year, they gave him whatever the regular increase that they normally give is. And he said, hold on a second. You gave Chris Bryant a million dollars after he had 27 home runs. I hit 24 and 25% less at bats than he had. You can do better than this. And he was able to take that to the table. Now, he didn't get a million dollars out of it, I don't think. But he got more. Yeah. Because there's only one minimum. And every team can handle that. I think the Pirates have something that they do. Every player gets the same increase for year one, two, and three. Or, well, year two and three. Right? They get the same increase. And they have a certain percentage that they give them. No matter how good you do, you get this increase. Just like a cost of living increase or something like that. Right? And I've heard that. And I don't even know if that's how it's done now. That was a a thing from years ago. Uh, I think probably under Huntington I had heard that. And so that was, every team can handle that however they want. Mm-hmm. With this new thing that they, uh, that they proposed, there was three contract numbers for year one, year two, year three. And that's why the players didn't like it. Because what that did was that didn't only set a minimum, that sent, that sent a maximum. You yeah. knew what you were making. You, you threw away the opportunity to earn a little bit more if you did really well. Right. So what the players are looking for is one league minimum. Let the teams figure out how they're going to pay that out. So that's why, you know, when the when MLB comes out and says, "Oh, we showed that we were willing to do it." Yeah, but you did it wrong. And I that 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 like that shown some light on on that situation because I was like, "Sure." 
I was like, yeah, it's not as high as they want. Maybe that's it. But no, it was more than that. It was the way mm-hmm. that they did it. Um, they're just looking at ways to spend less, dude. And they're looking at ways to, to, yeah. to make it so that they can blame it on something else. Um, yeah. By the way, do we need to say it again? We need them to go over that cap. <laughs> right. So let's keep that cap down a little bit. <laughs> All right. Now, while we're on the topic of the tax threshold, um, we uh, my notes say here about we've already talked about the the draft pick. So yeah, uh, we know that. They, look at the Yankees. Every three years, they're going to be down under it. They're going to do their best to be down under it. So anyway, um, this gets us into the into the kind of big thing that I think drives us for the rest of this topic, and then we'll get into the rest of it. But I want the players to be paid more because the sport is making more. Mm-hmm. We know that we've talked about that. The cap's put in place so that they don't go too far over it or try to stay under it. Revenue's gone up by four times what it was in 2001. I'm all about balance. I don't know what the major league career average is. I, they used to say six years. I don't think it's that even that much anymore. Oh, you, you know what? By the way, real quick, be, speaking of that, speaking of the, I'm like pointing this pen this whole episode. I've never held a pen during the episode, and now I'm using it as a pointer. Um, but no, uh, you know, the the other, the third thing that they said, or the second or third whatever thing that they said about those three years, about it being 615, 700, 775, is that they believed that owners would then say, if you're in your third year and maybe you're a backup and I, and I have to pay you 775, no thanks, I'll cut you and pay another first-year player to do the same thing. Now all of a See, sudden but, you're but losing your job in year three because they can save money. So here's what I thought that the one that because I had read something about that too. I, I took it as year one, two, three of the C the, of the CBT or CBA, whatever you want to, whichever way you want to go. Yes, I think that's I how I that's read what it too. It but like not the player's first year, second year, third year salary, but the first year, second year, third year of the. That's what I thought agreement. too, and that wasn't the case. They were talking about service years. Oh. So when you get to your third service year and you're guaranteed seven seventy five, why wouldn't I? If you're if you're yeah. just a backup, if you're Cole Tucker and you're making seven seventy five, why wouldn't I just trade you out for somebody who's a hundred thousand dollars less plus? Yeah, hundred seventy, yeah. almost two hundred thousand dollars less. So I'll yeah. just do that, and then now your career's already on that spiral, and you're only in year three. Yeah, I I, I didn't realize that's what they were saying. So anyway, um. Yeah, let's get back on that. That we're talking about the average. So on average, players don't even get the free agency, right? And that would make it even harder. Some walk away what you might call empty-handed because of all the years in the minors that they were maybe taking loans out, losing money. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Credit cards maxed out. Pay once you pay all that out. If you didn't make much money, it'd be hard. Not yeah. to mention the way that they have to pay taxes. Wherever you live, you pay taxes. Wherever you play, you pay taxes. That's every night. Yep. If you play in Pittsburgh one night, you play Pittsburgh. Pit, play, you pay Pittsburgh taxes. That's hard to say. If you pay, in, if you play in New York the next night, you you, you pay New York taxes. Mm-hmm. And ev- and everywhere you go, you've got taxes that you have to pay where you're working that day. Not to mention, you got to pay your accountant to figure all that out. Tell me about it. <laughs> now. Once again, they make enough money that 
If you make 500000 and you take home $250,000, $250,000 is still a lot more money than I'm making. Mm-hmm. So I'm not making excuses for them and saying that they're broke. I'm just saying the numbers that we see are not the numbers that they that they take home. Right. Um, anyway, uh, I'm all about balance. And I just think that's what needs to happen. That opens the door for the discussion about minor leaguers and cutting them. So that there's more money for bonuses and teams have less money to spend. And that's fine. We'll get into that later. Maybe we'll get into that later. This is all part of the plan, right? Hey, we really need mm-hmm. to treat minor leaguers better. Oh, let's just cra- let's just cut a crap ton of them. Then we can afford to do it. Well, you can afford to do it, but now you didn't mess with revenue. Right. How many of you work somewhere where you think there needs to be more of you doing what you're doing? Right? Boy, if I had help mm-hmm. on that. You probably assume you're underpaid too. You probably are underpaid. I know that, you know, I've worked at places where I felt like they didn't pay good enough. And then, you know, I know where I'm at now. They're doing a lot to make sure that they pay people good enough. But when somebody leaves, that doesn't mean they're going to rehire. Right. Maybe we'll, maybe we just won't replace that guy. We got (laughs) enough, right? We're paying you well. And that happens everywhere. And I'm, not, I'm not blaming my, my job for that. You know what I mean? Like no. I, I love where I work and I love the people that I work for, especially, especially the people I work for. I have great people around me. Mm-hmm. But anyway, agree or disagree with less minor leaguers. Like I said, I'm not going to go into whether I agree with this or not right now. I haven't even really think, I don't think I've developed my opinion on this quite yet. I have my concerns, but I haven't looked all the way into it yet, but this is a strategy. Um, it has more to do with money uh, and money's what the owners work for. Not wins, mm-hmm. not wins. It's never been about wins. It's always been about gains, right? Let's talk about tanking while we're on the topic of wins and gains and all that. Cause we look at tanking. We're saying, Oh, this stinks. They're tanking. Okay. First off, we've made it very clear. Players, coaches, the people on the fields, the people playing the game, no such thing as tanking. If so, that's awful. And they need to be suspended. Front offices, yeah. however, they're doing a strategy that you call tanking. They don't call it tanking. They're doing, they call it a strategy. Proofs mm-hmm. in the numbers. I feel like I have the product right now is not good enough. The one that I have right now, I looked at my roster. I don't think we're going to win a ring. I don't think we can bring home a world championship. It's better to retool or rebuild for the future and build a team that can bring a ring. People might stop coming to the games, but meanwhile, I've lowered expenses by $100. Revenues dropped by $10. And that's not a, that's just an example. If, if you lower revenue by right. 50 million, your revenue is going to drop by like a million. Yeah. Not very much, basically. In a billion dollar industry, your revenue barely dips. I could do that for a couple of years, right? Products improving. As soon as I feel like they're better, bump the spending back up. And all the revenue that we lost is now one and a half times it was before we started this whole thing. Mm-hmm. especially because money's different now. We're three, four years away. Just like the Pirates did. They spent $100 million postseason runs. But once everything went back, right, it's better to lose mm-hmm. it to 90 instead of 100 Spend even less so that your revenue stays, or the, so that your profit stays the same. It's more about money than it is winning, especially when they know the money continues to come in. Right. It's about gains. But... The opinions that you and I have, and I'm not going to let you speak on them, because the opinions that you and I have about cutting minor league teams and tanking, 
we're going to leave out of this. We're only going to talk about the truth of it, right? Mm-hmm. And what I just said is truth. That is exactly how it works. Because wins to the owners means revenue, not 60 or 61, right? We won 61 games. Right. 61 doesn't matter to Nutting. He wants to know what the revenue was. Because he's a businessman and that's where he wins, right? Mm-hmm. There are some owners that care about baseball. I'm not saying that, but ultimately his job is to increase revenue. Right. Owners want more postseason teams. Let's go into that. They don't want to mess with competitive balance. Going into CBT stuff, I know that we're kind of jumping around a little bit. I feel like maybe we're not, but um, but this is the next thing. We have a couple more things here. Um, I don't think, I've already said this, I don't think CBT and shared revenue will be fundamentally changed. The threshold will change, doubt by much, but... The idea is that the teams are supposed to go over the threshold to keep spending the revenue. The idea is from the owners, teams are supposed to go over to help pay for other teams, to help shared revenue for the teams that make less revenue to still be able to compete. Um, yeah, sorry. I, I know you were dealing with the dog there. But anyway, um, the more teams that go over, the more the league gets from those teams that are bringing in revenue. So the num- the owner's goal, number one goal, lower expenses slash payroll without impacting revenue. So far they're winning here and the players are mad about it. That's where we're at. All right. It's not my preference to tell any of our listeners, Jake, what, who they should side with. I don't, that's not what I want to do here. That's not my goal. I don't want to tell you guys that you should be a player guy. I don't want to tell you you should be an owner guy. I don't want to tell you. I'm just speaking where I'm at, right? And I'm not on either side. I'll, you could say I'm on the player side because I do side with more of the things that they say. But I take each point and I, most of the time I'm leaning towards the player. But here's the thing. We have it easy. If we disagree with our employee on how they do things, I have the ability to look around other companies, choose to work elsewhere. Players don't have that luxury. I might take less more. I might take less money, but either way, I have the option to do whatever. Yeah, there are some companies you sign a contract for to work for you know x amount of years, but I understand that happens. But the idea is, the players don't have that option. They can't just go to another league. If they do, they'll for sure make less money. They'll likely have to move even further away from their families and struggle to learn a new language in order to play for a different league. <laughs> That's very true. You know what I mean? And you could say they could create their own league, but dude, MLB already has the market. You're not going to create an independent league that's going to take over. It would take years and years to develop. would be a huge risk. And even if it did happen, as soon as it was profitable, front offices would start looking at revenue the same way it's being looked at right now. Yeah. As soon as the, a generation of believers in the new league move on, the ones who would be in place would start, quote unquote, making better choices to grow the game or increase revenue. <laughs> right. So we're right back there. This is why a new league would never work either. It's fun to dream about. Not going to happen. Way too many sacrifices when players could just ultimately say, ah, let's just keep things the way they're going and the top 5% will keep making $300 million. <laughs> The Yankees are the most profitable. Let's let's talk about this for a second. This is the last thing we'll say before we move on. I know that we're already at like 45 minutes or something like that. Um, cable contracts and streaming. There's been a lot of talks about 
Cable dying and things like that and the impact that that has on the game. And this really plays right into our 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 last topic here. Um, but the Yankees are the most profitable team in baseball. They, they bring in the most revenue, maybe as much as like their payroll over the next team, right? Probably mm-hmm. a good 200 million more. Now that's a, I have, it's a ballpark figure, but it's possible they're making about 200 million more in revenue than the next team, whether it be the Dodgers, the Red Sox, or the Cubs, who are also those teams that are really high revenue teams. Mm-hmm. And Yes Network started showing games to fans who are local to New York, in-market fans for Amazon Prime subscribers. You have Amazon Prime membership. You can stream in-market Yankees games right there. It was like a small number of games in 21, but this is the beginning, only the beginning. Having a cable box on your console TV is a thing of the past. Yeah. It doesn't play anymore. We We not only have remotes to change the volume and the channel, but we have apps and Wi-Fi to stream anything we want at our fingertips. The big deal that everybody talks about, right? The Dodgers deal. Who was the Dodgers deal by? Who signed that deal? It was uh, Time Warner Cable, right? Time Warner Cable, who is now Spectrum. Spectrum. They're not Time Warner Cable anymore. They're Spectrum. And guess what? You can stream every Spectrum Sportsnet LA game without needing a cable box. You don't need it. I, man, I mean, for people who, who only have cable available, I'm not talking about you. To everybody else, I mean, if you haven't gone to DirecTV or Dish, which now those guys are in trouble because of how well streaming is doing, mm-hmm. but you're a guy, you get cable or streaming, right? You can't do a Dish because you're in a valley. I can't do Dish. So the thing is, is all of these options are available to all of these people. Everybody's got their own plus app, right? <laughs> you got Peacock, right. you've got Max, HBO Max or Plus or ESPN Plus and all these things. There's all these CBS Plus. I mean, I'm using Plus because probably because of Disney Plus and the Disney Plus isn't even live to you. No, I mean, most of them are doing pluses. But either way, it's only a matter of time till you'll just get Fox Sports Plus or AT&T Sports Net Plus or maybe they'll sell it to somebody else by then. Seems what yeah. they do. But the thing is, is you're going to get it it's going to be available. Those apps will still block you out of out-of-market games, though, because then you have to buy MLB TV. So basically, like, I have YouTube TV, and I watch all the... Where I live right now, I get Columbus locals, right? But okay. if I go to your house, and I pull up YouTube TV, it's going to say, hey, you're somewhere else. And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, are you just visiting? Yeah. And they'll say, enjoy your trip. But then I'll get Pittsburgh locals. Mm-hmm. I'll no longer get Columbus locals. When we were in Orlando earlier this year, I got Orlando local TV. Whatever channels they get in Orlando on YouTube TV are the channels that were available to me. So that means Which I if, found out the hard way. Yeah. So if I'm watching, <laughs> if it, it, you know, if there's a regional sports net on there, which currently I, I don't believe there is because Bally Sports has taken themselves out of everything right now, probably while they're trying to, to develop Bally Plus. But either way, I would be watching the Marlins or whoever's in Orlando. I would imagine it'd be the Marlins. Maybe the Marlins and the Rays. Either yeah, way, I'd be watching their. The I'd be watching their local. I wouldn't have access to watch Pittsburgh and Cleveland and Cincinnati. You know what I mean? As if yeah. Pittsburgh had a deal worked out, which they haven't yet. But the thing is, is it's all going that way. So you get the you get the AT and T Sportsnet app, or maybe it's Root Sports by who knows who ends up. But the thing is, is 
as soon as I go somewhere else for that app, let's say, uh, well, let's see, there's Root Sports is still in Colorado, right? Or do they go to inter- AT&T as well? Let's I say they, they went to, AT&T I don't care. As well. They're AT&T as well. If I have the AT&T Sportsnet Plus app and I pay for AT&T Sportsnet Plus, if I travel to the Colorado, I'm watching the Rockies, not the Pirates. That's how they'll do it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you still get MLB TV when you want to be out of market. That There is so much money to be made here. And Spectrum Sportsnet isn't struggling. They're just no. streaming everything now. It's the same thing. I still get my commercials shown to you. All the in-market stuff is still handled by that regional sports network, just the same as it was if you had a, a cable box on your console TV. Mm-hmm. Money is still pouring in. Is it down? Yes, it's down. It is down from what it was a few years ago, right? But let's take a break and get into whether we think it's dying. That makes sense to you? Yep. Let's take a break, man. Thanks for listening to the Bridge to Bucktober podcast. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's Bridge, the number two Bucktober. Audio podcast available on your favorite podcast platform. Video podcast available on YouTube. Follow subs, likes, comments, replies. All that helps. Talk to us. We'll be right back. All right, we're back from the break here. And let's go ahead and get into this. Um... While we're getting into all this stuff, the question I have for you is, is baseball dead or dying? Short answer. No. Okay. Is there something you would call it? I mean, like, we're not oblivious to the fact that it's not as important as it used to be. Right. So, I mean, maybe a a slow decline. There's a, yeah, there's a decline. But it's not, I don't, I don't, I don't like the term dying. Okay. So what's the difference between major league baseball dead or dying versus baseball dead or dying? Like, what do we see as the difference between the industry MLB versus the sport of baseball? My first, my first, the can't think of the word I'm looking for right now, but my first thought is, MLB is this entertainment industry. Baseball is a sport. But what's the difference in the, like, is there a case for one or the other, or do they go kind of, they go in step? I mean, for sure there's a case for one or the other, because MLB being this entertainment industry, which is driven by, it's a business, it's driven by money. Baseball is a sport, is driven by, are there people playing or not? Yeah, and there's been a lot of people to say, like, sure, there's a bunch of kids out playing, and then, you know what I mean, people are still playing baseball all the time. They're just not watching Major League Baseball. So there's this idea that, like, sure, I love baseball, but I'm not paying attention to the league, whether it's too many Mm -hmm. games, whether it's pace of play, whether it's the fact that I just don't know of anybody because they're not marketed well or or whatever. But we say, so let's just focus MLB for a second. They're not dead or dying because they're still making a ton of money. Oh, yeah. No matter what anybody wants to tell you, they're still making a ton of money. They're making less money than they were in 2019. But every year up to 2019, that revenue increased greatly. Never Mm -hmm. never went down until 2020. So, yes, did it take a step back because of the things that happened in 2020 and the lockout now? Yeah, I believe so. I think Mm -hmm. that it'll dip a little bit. They're so far from being broke. 
No. It's not even close. So far. It's not even close. Yeah. So much money. You're talking about Yankees, the numbers that they're looking at on 2019, that their, their revenue versus their payroll in 2005 or something was like $100 million apart from each other or something like that. Yeah. Might have even been less than that. And then in 2019, it was like $400 million separating the two. The payroll never went up and revenue went up by $400 million. And it's like, come on, man. Yeah. And that's just 2019. You had that much headroom. And you're talking about a profit of like $300 million every year after the, after the players are paid, after all the things are paid. The thing that we just read earlier was like $300 million on average. Yeah. Of profit. That's money that they just get to say, well, we can carry that into next year. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and I think a little bit of it for, from our aspect and there, it seems like it because so many pirate fans are frustrated. So many people that I talk to are like, I'm done with baseball. I just can't, but I have never lived in any other area to really know. Yeah. Like you got to think concept. in New York, they're just talking about it all the time. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, they're not talking about the Jets or the Giants. <laughs> well, you they're probably I mean? still talking about that too, but it's just but the yeah, idea but, that, you know what I mean? I mean, obviously NFL is, is number one dog now. It uh, is. And it, and it has been for, you know, a little while, probably since the steroids and that, but I don't really know the facts on that, but that's not what we're talking about. No. We're not talking about football. We're not talking about Anything else. I mean, it still makes more money than the NBA does. It still makes more money than the NHL does. Probably more than double what the NHL makes. Mm-hmm. And the NHL's doing fine. Yeah. I mean, we know, look at, I mean, everybody in Pittsburgh looks at the NHL saying like, dude, pens are awesome. Sydney just scored his 500th goal. Things are good. Yeah. And it's doing fine. Yeah. So the MLB can lose half of their revenue and still be fine. Now, mm-hmm. Contracts are going to have to change when it gets to that point, but they will adjust at, it's going to take a long time to get there. Let's say it happens over a course of 20 years. Those contracts are going to start changing if that's the case. But that just Mm -hmm. means that the, uh, that the idea that the whole thing changes, right? It's still going to be okay. It's not dying. It's just not, it might not look in 50 years. The MLB might not look like what it does now. Right. If, if this you won't have these teams building new stadiums every 10 years right which maybe they shouldn't be anyway right asking the cities to pay for them right at the same time i still get i mean just a real quick sidebar i just don't understand how the texas rangers needed a new ballpark (laughs) i think there was reasons for that that they said but that ballpark was only 20 years old yeah no way it got that bad. That but Atlanta quick. was and even worse there. than that, right? No, it was about it was thirty, I think. Okay. Anyway, it was built. It was built for the Olympics in '95. Okay, so without going too far down there, um, just because we're short on time, but sure to go to the sport as you know, as opposed to MLB. Mm-hmm. And this is my fear, and I'm not sold on this. I want to clarify before I say this stuff. I'm not 100% sold on this, but this is my fear. This is the thing that I'm seeing from my chair. Uh, I don't have a a kid old enough to be playing Little League or anything like that. Um, So I just don't, like, I'm not there yet, right? But what I see is that, like, we've got travel ball at the Little League level, 
intermediate, high school level, all these travel ball things. It costs money to do this. Not every mm-hmm. kid has the ability to play travel ball. And you talked about this a little bit, where there's kids in your area, there's no travel ball team. They have to travel an hour, let's say, to play for a travel ball team. And your local Legion team, um, and I don't know if that's familiar. I, th- I mean, I feel like it would be familiar to everybody, but your local summer league team, your whether it's American Legion or Palomino or whatever in the world it is, your local yeah. th- that doesn't exist anymore because there's not enough players. So now if I can't afford to to play travel ball, it's like I don't even get an opportunity to get better all summer. Yeah. So you're limiting those opportunities for, for kids to play just because they don't have enough money. And I think that I tie this into Major League Baseball cutting minor league teams down. And I think to myself, like, it's we're going to get to a time when we're only going to draft guys like Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez because I don't have enough roster slots to take a chance on a guy who I know is not even going to make it to, to high A for three or four years. Yeah. I don't have enough teams to do that. I don't have enough roster spots. I can only develop four shortstops at a time right now, really, that we're paying attention to. I got four teams. Sure, there's other shortstops, but they're not going to get the same opportunities. All right. I understand there's DH, and you have opportunities to get at-bats and things like that, and yeah. but that's still only one guy. They'll split sometime. They'll split sometime, but not, not but a lot. But that's a ninth guy. Yeah. So you only get one position where you can do that. It's not the same. So... By saying we're only going to draft guys like Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez, well, these are these are college guys. So mm-hmm. now you're telling me if you want to make it in the MLB, you got to go to college. Okay, that's the way it is in the NFL. That's the way it is in the NBA. That should be okay, except for the fact that we just looked this up before we came on here. The NBA has less players than baseball, and they have what we would uh, now. I already forget 13, 13, 13 point something. I think it was 13 even. How many how many players do you even have? 15, 20? I, I don't actually even know. I don't even know okay. how big their okay. roster is. So anyway, you get more, and and fittingly so, you get more scholarships in the in NCAA basketball. You only get 11.7 scholarships in baseball for a lot more players, or at least more players, maybe at least 10 more players or whatever it is. Anyway, the idea right. is that NCAA basketball makes a lot more money than NCAA baseball, so it makes sense that they would have more scholarships. NCAA football has like 85 scholarships. The opportunities to play college basketball and college football are far greater for players who would otherwise not go to college or not be able to afford to go to college than there are in baseball. The opportunities are not there. If you are not going to college unless you get a full ride, it's going to be, you would rather get drafted. Hey, I'll take a $10,000 signing bonus and make my way through the minor leagues. Yeah. Instead, these guys are going to try to make their way through indie ball. Now, unless indie ball has this resurgence that we don't foresee. And there's been some talk about all these teams that were cut are now indie ball teams, or or at least most of them, and they're doing Mm -hmm. pretty well. If that's the case, then you have another way that I can draft guys out of indie ball or sign guys out of indie ball or something like that. So there, there there is a team that's somewhat local. They're They're an hour north. Um, but they're local to where I work. So um, this is, it's the Mahoning Valley Scrappers. They used to be affiliated with the Cleveland Indians. They are they were one of the teams that got cut out of the MLB circuit. But they are still affiliated with the MLB. 
but they are not affiliated with a team. Okay. So some of these teams that get cut, they're still a part like, so they call it the, um, what do they call it? Like the draft league or something like that to where, you know, they, these, I, I don't think they're paid. So I'm not sure how that works exactly. I mean, I, I could honestly find out because there's a lady I work with whose husband is like high up in that organization. Um, so I can find out more details if we ever wanted to get into that. But for the sake of time now, it's just the fact that, you know, you, the MLB teams are still seeing, they're probably getting reports of these numbers from people. So I don't know. That's probably why they're doing good. So they are being funded. Okay. So uh, I, yeah, the idea though, that, that I get concerned with, is and maybe this is a knee-jerk reaction. I just think in a time in our culture where it's generally frowned upon to limit op- opportunity to the less fortunate, uh, are we doing that very thing in Major League Baseball? Are we doing yeah. that thing where we're saying, and not just Major League Baseball, but baseball in general, if we're saying that you have to be fortunate enough to play the game? That if you don't have money, you're going to go play basketball or football, dude. Or at least try your hand. Where I understand. Yeah. And I I get that concern. And and sure, that's a concern. They do have a lot of funding. uh, I'm not going to say available, but they do a lot of fundraising. They do. They'll help you get funding to be able to play. But it's just not the same. Like, okay. So I'm talking about the guys who are saying, if you're talking about college. I'm talking no, about the I'm, guys. I'm talking that, about. I'm talking about like the travel ball scene. All right. Like they, there's there's travel teams and and most of it's a little league. The little little because there is a travel team. Well, like McCutcheon said, in he had a town. The, his parents couldn't afford it, but somebody else foot the bill. Sure. And they they do like they'll sell stuff. They'll sell candy. They'll sell you know they'll do that. To they help can't do that. Raise for money everybody. for the kids, but you can't do that for everybody. Yeah. It's just it, it takes a lot of money to run those teams and it takes a lot of money to play in the tournaments that they go play in. Yeah, so maybe may may uh you know, I just wonder the other thing is is you know, does that affect the Pirates with with major league options? Uh, the numbers of low round draft picks uh from high school are the numbers so low that they ever make it. You know what I mean? That that we mm-hmm. can just cut them out and say those guys shouldn't have been here anyway. You know what I mean? And I yeah. just I just don't know if that's I mean, there's too many stories of that. Yeah. For every there's one, of, it blows your mind. You know what I mean? For every ten, yeah. it's it's make to me makes it see, seem worth it. Like I said, I'm not really sure where I stand on on that whole piece of it, but I think mm-hmm. the idea that I'm trying to, to to make here, the point that I'm trying to make here is if we continue to go down this path in the sport of baseball, then what we're doing is we're saying we're limiting the people that are we're making it less available to play the sport. And if that continues to happen, then there will be less people playing the sport. As soon as there's less people playing the sport, then there's less people to make it to the MLB. Yeah. Once that happens, it will have a greater effect on the MLB than the other way around. I think that if that wasn't happening, kids would still be playing baseball all the time. Yeah. Even if the MLB would crash 
you know, before Major League Soccer was, or before I ever heard of it. So right. I, I think that it's new. Uh, but like when we were kids, I don't think there was an American Major League Soccer, right? But I don't think so. But we knew kids. I mean, not as much around us, but like in in cities and stuff. I mean, there were still lots. I mean, even you know, twenty five minutes down the road, there were big soccer leagues. You know what I mean? Where a lot of kids yeah. were playing soccer, even though there was no major league soccer. So, I mean, you don't have to have that in order to see kids play baseball. But right. I think if kids aren't playing baseball, it sure is going to play. You right. know what I mean? I mean, I know that we can continue with international players, but I mean, then you, you know what I mean? I, I made the joke about the NHL. Like, that's basically where all the <laughs> NHL players are from. I think that, you know, there's probably maybe more Americans there that grew up in America playing the NHL than there was when we were kids. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, I just felt like I, nobody was from America. Well, when I, you know I mean? I was just like, man, they're all coming. I mean, a lot of Canada. So do you just count that or, uh, you know, obviously not, but yeah. But, you know, that, that part of Lee is that's because where we, we grew up too. Right. Yeah. But I, I mean, mean hockey's huge and, in Pittsburgh. Now all the kids are playing. Oh yeah. And, but even, when we were growing up, Pittsburgh didn't seem as close as it does now that we're adults. Either. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, we didn't go to Pittsburgh except for to go to a Pirates game when we were growing up. Yeah. We didn't go to Pittsburgh for any, I go to Pittsburgh all the time now. <laughs> right. Like it's a 40 minute drive. Yeah. And that seems so far when you're a kid, but mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, I guess, uh, the, the thing to me is, is I think that the, if the kids stop playing, if there's less people playing, it's that's what's going to take a bigger hit. I, I think that that definitely has more a more of an effect on whether or not MLB ever dies than revenue. Yeah, it's going to take that in order for baseball to fall out of favor anyway. Mm-hmm. That's there's so many things they could do that would just turn that game around like that. I mean, it's market your players. Period. <laughs> right. That would blow it up. All right, we have any closing thoughts? I, I do. I want to give you an opportunity first if you have any closing thoughts so we can wrap this thing up. I, I really, I'm glad we got to talk about this. I think we're going to talk more about baseball next week unless these meetings go really good or really bad. Yeah, I, I mean, just, I don't really have much. I mean, we've done so much talking. I don't really have much to close it out with, except let's just hope they get a deal done sooner rather than later. Spend more than 15 minutes in a meeting, please. <laughs> um, you know, let's just get something done. Let's get baseball on track. Hopefully, then what we say about three, three to four weeks in order to not miss regular season time. Yeah, I mean, that's March 31st. Got to get it. Mm-hmm. All right. So now's the time where I sound like an old mad guy. But at the same time, like, I just feel like this is important. And if you made it this far, I appreciate you. And there will be more of that coming. But let's be careful with, we just talked about this. And I know this is our opinion. And you're more than, uh, like, I welcome your opinions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But let's be careful with this baseball's either dead or dying narrative. I've heard it so much that it's, I've heard some people say, and it's already dead. And I'm just like, what, what are you looking at? But that even the dying one, like it's not, if, if can saying that baseball is dying is like looking at somebody when you're 20 years old and saying, dude, I'm dying, man. One of these days, 
And then I say, when do you think you're going to die? I don't know, in my 80s, but I'm dying right now. Yeah, that's how baseball's dying. <laughs> that's literally like, it's, that's how it's dying. We, we tend to say these things when we're not looking past what's only obvious right around us. It has a long way to go before it even gets to the point of the NHL. I said that earlier. And the NHL's doing fine. I only moved as far, I know, like we said, we were like 40 minutes out, out of Pittsburgh, just in Ohio. But I only moved to like central Ohio. Now, I'm not in Columbus, but, you know, outskirts kind of thing. You know, maybe like the same thing, about 40 minutes. I never hear anybody talking about hockey. But hockey's huge in Pittsburgh. Mm-hmm. So if I used my experience, I would say, you mean NHL still exists? Oh, yeah, every once in a while I hear somebody went down there. It's like when we were growing up and somebody said, I went to a Nailers game the other day. Well, that's cool. I've never looked at how the Nailers were doing, but it's fun to go to a game. And what are they mm-hmm. called now? They were called the Thunderbirds for a while. Are they? Yeah, are they the Nailers the still there? It's still the Nailers, yeah. There you go. It's awesome. Anyway, we used to love going to Nailers games or Thunderbirds games, whatever. Yeah, we went to the Thunderbirds games. Yeah, more mostly. than we did Nailers. But anyway, it was yeah. fun. I never kept track of their record. I never no. paid attention to anything. I just like to go to a game every once in a while. Yeah, it's just fun. That's the way it feels for me with Columbus. Now, of course, Columbus Blue Jackets aren't as good as the Pens, I don't think. But that's the way people, they, we don't talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. If I use that as my example, I'd say the NHL's dead. It's the ECHL or whatever it's called now. But that's not the truth because other places, like we just said earlier, New York, they probably talk about it all the time. Mm-hmm. Because I love baseball, I have a hard time sitting around hearing this narrative that only does more damage to the game. And it's not true. And the more you tell the people around you that baseball's dead, the more they'll believe it. We need the baseball, we need Major League Baseball to succeed just for baseball to stay alive. I think being a part of the solution is better than being a part of the problem. Promote the game, don't kill it. The blood is on your hands by spreading the narrative. I know that sounds serious, and maybe it's not that serious. It's just a sport, but the point is still there. That the more you spread the narrative, the more damage you're doing to a game that maybe you like, maybe you're just out to kill it. You're spreading false narrative, and I just have a hard time with it. It bothers me. I love baseball. I love the Pirates, and quite frankly, we're we're killing it ourselves by saying that it's dying. You'd be better yeah. off to ignore baseball and let the rest of the baseball fans just to, just enjoy it. If I ignore hockey or basketball, that doesn't mean it's not going to grow. Right. It's still growing. Both of those sports are still growing. They're doing well. They're still not as making as much money as MLB, but they're still doing well. But you'll throw this out there real quick. Mm-hmm. I want to give a quick shout out, a quick uh, attaboy. Sid Crosby did just get his 500th goal this yes, past week. So I said let's, that let's earlier. Give him one. Yeah, we let's give him one. one. Yeah. I said that earlier when I was like, how I good must, it was I doing in have, Pittsburgh. You missed yeah. it. I said yeah, Sid I just got one. his 500th. That might have been when the dogs were going crazy. It might have been. It might have been. But anyway, yeah, yeah, we didn't give him a, yeah, that's good. Yeah. Listen, guys, thanks for everyone who listens to this podcast. I know it's not a ton of you guys, and I know that we're very usually – well, I'm listen, I'm upset, but I'm still being extremely positive. And I, we like to be positive, right? And we've said that a lot. We've been criticized for that a lot, which is fine. If I'm going to be criticized for something, I'd like it to be like, you're too nice. Oh, dang. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I'll work on that. 
<laughs> the thing is, is like, I really yeah. appreciate you guys listening. If you're not subscribed, whether it's podcast, whether it's YouTube or any of that stuff, subscribe so you're notified when these new episodes are released. Uh, we will continue to bring a positive attitude and hope to Pittsburgh Pirates fans as much as we can. Uh, even when the lockout's going bad, we're going to try. Okay. Uh, we appreciate you hanging out with us. Next week, our plan is to talk about baseball, not the lockout. Regardless, yeah. if this week goes catastrophically awful or wonderfully great, it may change, but our goal is to talk about what we should see when they do finally start playing baseball in 2022 just because we're tired of this. Yeah. And maybe we just pretend that baseball's happening on the 31st, but we appreciate you guys hanging out with us. Uh, I, I can't say it enough. And guys, I don't say this stuff to come down on anyone. I just, I love baseball and I love the pirates and I, I just don't think it's dying. And I don't think that we need to believe that because it's not true. Let's go bucks. Let's go bucks. I should hit a little. We were there. Can't wait to hear that voice again. Let's go, Bucks.